Hello and welcome to the Magical Midlife Podcast, where you get a refreshing, uplifting and optimistic perspective on life in your 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Lindsay DeSwart, and I'm delighted that you've joined us here today. So let's jump right in. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Magical Midlife Podcast. I'm so delighted that you're here with us today. And today is a very special day because I've got a special guest with me. And I wish you could see her, actually, because she's all dressed up, because she's going off to follow up some of her work because she just won a pageant. She looks glorious. So I might have to just send a photo of you looking like this because you're so beautiful. So today Aww. I have my special guest, Kwavi Agbeegbe. And Kwavi and I actually have more in common than we thought, as you will hear when you hear her accent. So welcome. <laughs> so nice to have you here. Hi, everyone. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. So there you go. That's the dead giveaway. We've both got English <laughs> accents, but neither of us live there now. So we'll cover that. So Kwabi, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background, and then we'll okay. get into how you're doing, what you're doing. and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so my name is Kwabi. I'm a life coach for women 50 and over. And my goal is really to help women in their 50s and over, rediscover their purpose and passion. I kind of feel that women in their 50s and over are sleepwalking. So I kind of want to wake them up from that deep slumber and tell them, listen, there is so much available to you. Take a peek and look. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So yes. what in your life has led you to this? Because it's kind of a bit of an awakening, isn't it? At 30, yes, we're, not, at 30 sure. we're not going, oh, look at me. I want to follow my purpose and my passion. We're all mm -hmm. like, Heads down, get on with it. So what's led you to this, Kwavi? Where did you start out? So for me, it was probably, I was about 47. Right. And I was doing a series of interviews. I love to interview women just to get their take and advice. So I was mm -hmm. interviewing a series of women to find out their take on being 50. And for me, it was more like, can I get some advice from you guys? I'm getting, I'm really excited about, you know, getting into my 50s. And I was disappointed. I would say probably about 80% of the women I interviewed described themselves as invisible. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is that about? I'm like, yeah. invisible? And so I did some research and it's actually a thing. Women in their 50s and over consider themselves, if not all, but some decide that they feel invisible mm. because they get, you know, maybe jobs and are being passed over. They don't really like the way they look anymore. And it's just, they just feel that you know, not much is happening. And I thought you have gotten to this point in life. This is when you're supposed to start this new chapter on your yeah. own terms. You have all this experience. And now you're saying, you know, I'm just going to just kind of stay in the shadows. I'm like, no, no. And so for me, my goal is I want to help women see that it doesn't have to be that way if they don't want to. Now, society has their own take of how women should be at this mm -hmm. age, but that doesn't have to be their story. It doesn't have to be your story if you don't want it to be. Yeah. Now it might be just because it's a, a space that I'm now so passionate about, mm -hmm. but I certainly seem to be getting the sense that there is some sort of awakening and a bit of a shift. Yes. And I hope that it's not just because I'm where I am focusing on this. I really hope that this is spreading out more. I mean, we talked about this before yeah. we started recording about yeah. how menopause is becoming, um, yeah actually like acknowledged yes Whoa. like you can actually talk about it before yeah. they couldn't even say the m word you know <laughs> yeah i mean ridiculous 
So, Kwavi, where are you? You're in the States now, aren't you? Yes. Mm hmm. Okay, yeah. but with that accent, you've not always been in the States. So tell me no. a little little bit about what got okay. you to where you are now. All right. So I was born in England, mm-hmm. moved to Nigeria for middle and high school, moved back to England for university. And then after university, I moved to the States. <laughs> so that's cool. my journey. Love it. So you've experienced <laughs> living in a, what, three different cultures? Yes. Completely different cultures. Yeah, completely different. All right. So the one thing um, I'd say Nigeria taught me was the fact that, you know, your elders, like that was a big thing, the respect Mm. and all of that. I learned that in Nigeria. Um, And then also like women in their fifties and over are celebrated. Like you have a big blown out party when you turn 50 and 60. That's just the thing. Right. So they celebrate you. I love that. I know. I love that part too. But the part I don't quite like as much is you still don't see the women around. It's like you see them. So I'll say like, you don't see them on, you know, in the media as much, you don't see them on ads. And so even though they're kind of celebrated, Mm. like, yeah, and people are open, they'll tell you they're in their fifties, but I still, we are still not as visible as we need to be. I still feel that there is still more work to be done. Mm. definitely now in England on the other hand it's quite the opposite it's almost like America where most women don't even want to say their age and I'm like listen that is the beginning of playing into this negative narrative because if you're not able to say your age Mm. you're playing into the belief that there's something wrong with being older you're so right do you know what I'm actually going to use that as a starting point I think with all of my guests from now and say right how old are you because (laughs) I I want to know because most people are open but there are a couple yeah. of people definitely who are a little more cagey about it. And yeah. It's... Yeah. So yeah. how old are you? I'm 53. Oh, okay. I love talking about my age. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm 51. Like, I'm loving it. Because because I'm like, I'm here. I'm like, why wouldn't I be glad I'm here? Yeah. You know, exactly. and I get to decide how I show up, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. So that was the Nigerian experience. Then in England, yes. as you say, they're talking about it a lot more. And then how yes. about in, because I mean, that was definitely a big thing when I've obviously I've yes. just come back from a couple of weeks mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do you feel it's being treated in the States right now? Obviously, very in the States, they're talking. <laughs> they're talking, but not nearly enough. I mean, there right. is still, okay, I'll give you my, I'll give my example. Yeah, do. So about six, seven years ago, I woke up all of a sudden I had adult acne and the adult acne that I had was so severe. I couldn't touch my face. It was that bad. And no one knew what was wrong. And they were like, Oh, change your diet. I'm like, listen, what do you want me to eat? Air? Yeah. Look at my diet. I'm like, it's very clean, but I didn't know it was my hormones, but no one knew, you know? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Adult acne is one of the symptoms of menopause. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know either. And so anyway, it wasn't until years later that I found out I was like, adult acne, that's one of the symptoms. But also too, a lot of doctors are not trained in this. Mm -hmm. I had a discussion with a doctor recently in the UK. We did um, an Instagram live Mm -hmm. and we're talking about menopause, but she's trained in that area. And so she knows, but I asked her point blank. I'm like, do doctors really know about that? She's like, no, they don't get any... If a doctor knows, it's probably because he did his own research, but they don't have extra training unless they elect to go get it. Yeah. But regular training, they don't offer the menopause. They don't offer anything about menopause per se. 
And so I just found that I was like, so this is me, adult acne, trying to figure out what is going on with me. I didn't have acne as a teenager and now as an adult. And then maybe four years later, I woke up in the middle of the night in a pool of sweat and I thought I was going to die. I'm like, what is going with me? My heart was racing. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, my husband's sleeping right next to me. I didn't want to wake him up. I'm like, okay, changed my clothes, went back to sleep. And then in the morning, I asked my husband, I told my husband, I said, listen, I thought I was going to die last night. And I'm sure you probably thought, what is this about? I said, yeah, no, seriously. I said, because I can't be dramatic. I'm like, no, I really thought I was going to die. He's like, what was going on? I told him. And he said very casually, he's like, oh, you're probably experiencing perimenopausal symptoms. Now, my husband's a physician, so he knew that. But right. guess what? I didn't know. And yeah. I know most of my girlfriends didn't know because you know what? Nobody is talking about it. The other thing that happened and there were other things happening to me. And I was like, what is this about? Mm. Anyway, I scheduled an appointment with my doctor and I told her what was going on. And she says, yes, that's one of the symptoms. And I kind of just casually mentioned about the adult acne. She's like, yes, that was probably your first signs. I'm like, my dermatologist didn't know. She didn't oh my anything. goodness. Seriously? No, she didn't know. My dermatologist had no, she did not correlate that to my hormonal changes. And so I said, and then I asked her something else. I'm like, okay, I just want to ask you this quick question. I'm like, you know, I'm having dryness down there. Is that part of it? She's like, Mm. yes. I'm like, okay, why is there no one talking about this? When you go through puberty, everybody has a say. It's menopause, nothing. Yeah. And all it is, I always talk about it being, it's a second puberty. Your body is going through changes. You're going Whereas puberty, you're coming into childbearing years. Yes. You're going out of childbearing years. Why is that all hushed? Why is it like, it's not like a thing of shame. (laughs) See, and that's the thing. And I think that's what people are, they feel it's a shameful event. I'm like, listen, I'm glad I'm experiencing it. If I'm not here to experience it, I'm dead. You know, like, come on now. Yeah. But no one says anything. And it's like, I wish someone had told me about the dryness down there. I had no clue. I thought something was wrong with me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, of course, you start questioning your relationship. And yeah, like and, uh, and then, you know, it's just so many different things. But we need to have these conversations, especially for the younger women coming behind us. Can we just educate them so they know I ahead know. of time and not be like startled? Yeah. And as you said, actually, as we were talking earlier about just kind of all the, you know, the joke cards and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, can we stop with that? Yeah. Come on, grow up. It's not funny. Step into (laughs) this very empowering position that we could see. Yes. It's a powerful phase of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I think you've written a book on this, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) which I am going to get on to but first of all just so that people listening can feel like they've got more of a handle on you and get to know you a little bit better was there any particular point in your life that you kind of had this awakening of actually I'm going to take control or I'm going to wake up or I'm going to live my life in a different way is there any experience that you've been through or have you always lived your life that way I've always lived my life that way, but it was kind of like undercover. It wasn't like full blown. Sneaky. Yes. I was kind of like, and it was more of the, like, uh, that's too much because, you know, people are like, oh, calm down. You know, you hear those, st- at least I heard that, that statement a lot. So I was like, okay, I'm going to calm down a little bit. I'm not going to be too loud. I mean, but then when I turned, I think after I had those interviews with women, when I was about 46, 47, mm. I was like, nah, yeah. it's on. 
It's like, <laughs> this is not acceptable. I'm doing this. I'm going to be the poster child. I don't care. I'm doing it. And any woman that's interested in living her best life on her own terms, come along. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So that's very nice. It leads directly into your book. Okay. So the book is 50 questions to answer when you reach 50. Yes. Okay, cool. So tell us about that. And how did that come about? Because that sounds like it was a bit of a mission of exploration to me. Yeah. So last year during COVID, well, I'd written, I wanted to write a book for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and I kept, you know, I would go back and forth on different titles. And then during COVID, I realized, I said, you know, I really, you know, this, I have some time now, you know, this is a great time to write a book. And I started investigating like where I was in my own journey. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I've turned 50. I've had way too many conversations with women who are in their 50s that feel as if their life was over. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give women almost like a template to help them rediscover themselves and kind of live life on their own terms. Another reason why I wrote the book in that format was because I like to read, but I had noticed lately that it was more about reading the book than doing the work. Mm -hmm. And so I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a book where I can kind of help women take action while reading the book. And so that's why I wrote it in that format where I'm asking questions and women are answering. And really what I want women to do is I want them to fall in love with themselves one question at a time while reading the book. Lovely. So can you give us an example? Okay. So let me look, look, let me, I'm just going to pick up one question. Let's see. So let's see. Do I know and value my worth? Your value and worth do not change. You are hundred percent worthy and it does not increase or diminish over time. You might think you're worthy based on what you have, don't have done or haven't done. It doesn't mean there aren't things you want or need to change. It just means your worthiness is not dependent on your achievements. Your worthiness is intact. Let me say that again. I know your brain might be telling you otherwise. You are 100% worthy and nothing can change that. That is great news. And I give you like a little section to write, do you know and value your worth? And that question stemmed from the idea that a lot of women when they hit their 50s, the kids are typically a bit older. Mm. Some cases, their relationships are changing because mm-hmm. there is a high rate of divorce at that age. And you no longer, you're kind of trying to figure out who am I? Mm. And probably in the past, you've done so much for others. And sometimes women base their worthiness on what they do for others. Mm-hmm. And so this question really stemmed from the fact that that has nothing to do with your worthiness. Your worthiness is there. It's always there. It's intact. And nothing you do or don't do will change that. And I just want women to be aware of that. Mm. That works so nicely with, there's another um, guest that I had on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Karen yes. Herbert, and she yes. works with uh, empty nesters. Yes. Um, and also neurodiverse families. Oh, and it was nice. really interesting because we were talking about what are the symptoms that people come symptoms I'm saying in yeah, air quotes, of course um, that people come to her with and one of the things she was saying is the changing nature of relationships mm, yeah so it's the relationship with your kids because obviously yes. they're growing up they're they're Correct. needing a completely different level of relationship uh, relationships as in your marriage um, yeah. partners and but then of course it's a relationship with self. Yes. Because you put yourself on hold for so long. For so long, yeah. That actually coming back to, I mean, I remember being in 
a pool of tears one day. And I'd say that, you know, with all the personal work I've done and I've always been, I've always pursued my interests as well. So I've never really thought that I've been, I'd put myself on the shelf. Mm -hmm. But even then when, you know, my oldest son's gone to university, my middle son's gone to England. And so now we have my daughter still here. And going from three, and also COVID, of course, plays a part in that, yeah. going from a very busy, active family to just one daughter at home with COVID restrictions, our life has really quietened down. Yeah. And I remember just being in this puddle of tears going, I've got nothing to do. I don't know what to do I with know. myself. Yeah. And I never it's, imagined I'd yeah. be in that stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting stage. You know, the other day I went to the restaurant and um, like you, I have one in college Ooh. and one at home. And, um, and so we had gone out to eat and it was actually my son's birthday. So we had gone out to eat. And then the waitress came up to me and she's like, how many people I quickly automatically, I said four yeah. and my husband and my son looked at me. They're like, no, we're three. And it's like tears just, ro- I mean, I just got teary eyed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting teary-eyed now. You just saying it. I know. Even I'm feeling. I'm like, we're no longer four. You know. So, yeah, it's a it's a change. And sort of ten years ago, I'd have said, "Oh, why are people being so wussy about this? You know, why is this so? Yeah. Sort of. Oh, for goodness' sake, get over yourselves, kind of thing. And then it's like, but actually, it's an awakening because you Mm -hmm. get this second opportunity. But yes. like anything, when something changes, you have to allow the old to go. And rather than sweeping that under the carpet or thinking, you know, oh, that's being really wussy and, you know, stop being such a needy mum, et cetera, let your kids go. Because mm-hmm. I've never thought of myself as a needy mum. Mm-hmm. There is that element of you have to grieve what was. Yes. yes. And I mean, that's true to. within COVID too. You have to yeah. grieve the life that was. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you have to feel it. Don't, like you said, don't just push it away. Allow yourself to actually embrace that feeling and allow that feeling to come kind of go through you. Yeah, because it's got learning. It's got wisdom in it too. Yes, yes, for sure. You're right. Yeah. So speaking of this wisdom and new opportunities coming through, I am so intrigued by the pageant. Tell me more. That's such an American thing. I mean, I didn't oh, even is. know they still happened. It so. is. Oh, yes, they do. It's a big business out here. Okay, is it? So, That's hilarious. It so, is. Tell it me. Is. <laughs> so when I was 16, I'd seen an ad for a pageant. I was like, oh, that'd be nice to do. But I didn't do it. I just kind of pushed it aside. But, you know, the thought would kind of creep up. And I was like, yeah, now I'm getting older. Nah. And then um, I had mentioned to a friend, oh, you know, that's something I really wanted to do. And so when this pageant came out, she said, you know what, there's this pageant coming up and they have Miss Classic, which is your age group. I'm like, huh. Classic. Love that. You sound I know, like an old exactly. car. Miss Classic. I know. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, huh. I'm like, let me, let me think about it. And then I was like, you know what? That will be fun. I can be an example. And it's funny. This is my thought going into it. I'm like, okay, I don't have long hair. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, okay. Most of the people that do pageants are white. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that do pageants are young. I'm not that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going in. <laughs> Love it. So, and, and, and for me, doing it was like, even on stage, one of the questions they asked me, and one of the things I actually loved was I won the interview stage, which I was like, yes, yeah, I got good it. Good job. One of the questions they asked me, which I thought was interesting, 
well, they, they asked me like, why do you want, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? Mm. And I said, you know what? I want to be an example for women 50 and over of what's possible. I said, you know, doing the pageant might not be on a lot of women's lists mm. to do, but guess what? There are some things that they want to do that they've probably opted out of doing because they feel, ah, I'm too old or I shouldn't mm. be doing that. Or society says I sh- shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, I want to be an example to these women that yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Don't let your age d- determine, you know, deter you from doing what you want to do. The other day, a woman sent me a message. She's 51 years old. She is in her first year of medical school. Awesome. So I really want women to realize, like, listen, I because I actually feel like women 50 and over are kind of in this deep slumber. And I'm like, I just want to wake them up and yeah. give them a little peek of like, look, take a look, look at the possibilities. If you want it, it's yours, but you have to wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it does take courage. It almost feels like you're you're having yes. to step over a big oh, hurdle goodness. of societal oh, expectations. Yes. 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 I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm on TikTok. And I remember when I first went on TikTok, my kids were like, no, mom, that's for kids. That's our thing. Mm. And I was like, okay, I won't do it. And then in March, I was like, I like TikTok. I'm going to go on. And they said the same thing. And I was like, no, I'm going on. Mm. But I say this to say that those are my kids. And they were Mm. like looking at me like, you're too old to go on TikTok. Mm. But those are my kids. Think about society out there Mm. constantly telling you, no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Mm. Eventually you're going to be like, okay, I won't. Yeah. You know? Blimey, I'm going to sound like I'm on a rant right now. The other thing <laughs> that makes me laugh with the whole TikTok conversation, and it's because, yes. you know, on social media, you see what sort of videos are coming through. Yeah. And even though I have absolutely finely tuned all of my social media, so it is as unicorn and rainbows as it could possibly be. Yes. Um, one of the things that I find is this whole thing of you can only be fun when you've got a glass of wine in your hand. I know. Like, seriously. No. Okay. <laughs> What is that? Is that the only time that mums are allowed to play or middle-aged women can play? I love that. But you know what? Also too, there's actually, um, I can't remember the one, but there's a, there's actually a video and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it where Mm. they're asking the question, like, why do you keep asking me why I'm not drinking? Do I really have to be drinking to have fun? It it goes along that, along those lines. Oh, really? And I can't wait to do it because it's true. It's like, I don't have to have a glass of wine to have Mm. fun. I can have fun without it yeah. and quit and quit asking, why aren't you drinking? Cause that's the conversation. Like, like not everyone has to drink. It's oh, like, I know. Drives me. Why aren't you honest. drinking? What's wrong with you? Like, At a nothing. certain age you're asked why you're not drinking. And then everybody's worried about, you know, kids drinking too much. That's it. I'm like, sorry. What is the double standards? Yeah, is that? Like, I'm like, let's yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Also right off my soapbox now. <laughs> Okay, so what's the best thing? So I'm going to get back to my questions now before yes. I uh, sidetrack. So what's the best thing about doing what you do now and living where you live now? Oh, my goodness. I think I, I just feel like it's not exhausting. I just feel like I'm living life on my own terms because mm-hmm. my goal is I, I really fear. I fear failure more than fear of regret. Like I don't want to I, like fear of regret. I'm like, that scares me. Mm. That scares me. So I'm ready to deal with fear of failure all day, every day, so that I don't have a life that at the end, I'd be like, oh, I wish I'd done that. I should have done that. I don't care. Like, Mm. I don't care if I fail. I just don't want to have regrets. And so that's what helps me. I'm like, that's what I think about as I start my day. Like, okay, what do you want to do? 
You sure you can accomplish it? Is it really something you want to do? I'm like, okay, let's go for it. Like the pageant, for instance, I did it for fun. I didn't know I was going to win. I just did it for fun. And guess what? Now I have to go to nationals Ooh. in Florida. <laughs> yeah. How many people will you be up against? I have no idea. From different states. They're going to be from different states. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. You have to let us so know I'm how like, that goes. I'll, I'll be know, following. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Like, but yeah, but I, I just, I think, I just want to share with women and those listening that, you know, society is going to have these, you know, stereotypical narratives for, for how you need to live your life, but you don't have to live your life that way if you don't want to. Yeah. And it's so freeing when you realize that you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It involves courage though. Oh yes. But it is so freeing. I'm telling you, it's like, yes. Yeah. I feel the same about outdoor adventure. Yeah. Go and do the treetop trekking. Go and do yeah. the zip line. Go yes. and buy your horse when you're 50. Hello. Yes. I know there's a couple of people in the group that we've done that. Okay. Go and buy nice. your horse. Go and do those things. Oh, because that's beautiful. As you said, yes. Otherwise, and I, I love the way that you've put that, yeah. the fear of failure is less than the yes. fear of regret. Okay. Yes. So mm-hmm. absolutely that. Mm-hmm. The fear of going in with an open mind, asking questions, yeah. having a new experience is yeah. better than thinking, well, I never did that. Yeah. I just want my life to be exciting. I can do those things. And even, and it's like, even the things that I've said is just for these people, says who? Like, go ahead yes. and do it. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, I love that 50 year, I like that buying a horse at 50. Hmm, I like that idea. Oh, you would not believe how many <laughs> groups there are of women who buy horses in their middle age. And it's because you've got the time. And for most, you know, for so many people, it was a childhood passion. Yeah. And then you don't have the time when you've got yeah. a family and you've got a career. So yeah. when you're at about 50, it comes back in again. And yeah. oh my goodness, confidence issues like you wouldn't believe, which is why sure. I, I still believe that the horse is such a great healer. And it Yeah, but really the horses is. are though. They are, they are. They totally. do have that built for that, I think. Yeah, totally. And so 50 plus when you're questioning, what am I even here for? What can I do? Yeah. What's my worth? What's my value? Mm. To have a thousand pound plus animal making you really challenge yourself. Yourself. Really look at your energy and look yes. at your state of mind. That's quite a big wake up call. Yes. Oh my goodness. And think yeah. about who you become in that process. Yes. I can't even imagine. Yeah. You see, for me, I would prefer to take on, actually, no, I was going to say, I'd prefer to take on the challenge of a horse than I would to go and be in a pageant dress. But actually, <laughs> if you think about it, and of course, I'm having this conversation with my daughter, who's 13. Yes. And she's already planning her grad dress. And I mean, we live in a small town and graduation's probably going to be less than 20 girls. Doesn't matter. That she's graduating with. But she's they're already planning their dresses. I love that. Exactly. So... And it's next June, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. So then you think about it, you're like, so when do you get to wear the beautiful fancy dress? You get to wear it at graduation, or yeah. not even really if you're in England, because yeah. it's not such a big deal. The graduation, and then the next time people think about it is the wedding. Yes, true. And then exactly. when is the next time? I mean, unless you are yeah. of the sort of society that's going to a regular ball or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. do you get to wear yeah. the beautiful dress again? Yeah. Exactly. You're right. And it's interesting you should say that because for this pageant, I just I, I just did it for fun. So I didn't really take it as seriously. Mm. But I said, you know what? 
for June, I'm wearing a full out ball gown. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> for nationals, I should damn well think you are. <laughs> but I didn't think about it for this. I was like, yeah, but now I'm like, okay, I'm thinking seriously, like, okay, what am I going to wear? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's part of the whole thing, isn't it? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. So what do you still want to do? What else is going on for you? You've got your pageants, you've got your book. Yeah. What's and next? then I'm doing retreats. I do retreats also, but then COVID kind of put a stop to that because, yes, you know, me traveling. Um, but I love doing that also because it gives me an opportunity to be with women in an intimate setting mm-hmm. and really work with them one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, like when the women come, like in the beginning, like maybe the first couple of days, they're like, okay, what is this about? Yeah. And then by day three and four, they're into it. And then by day seven, they're like, do I really have to go home? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Seriously, they're tuned back into who they really yes. are. Yes, yeah. They're like teenagers. I mean, they're just having so much. We're having really great conversations because sometimes you go through life and it's almost like you have superficial conversations daily. Yes. But then when you have intimate, really deep conversations, that, I mean, that just, it's just enlightening and just lifts your spirits up when you have those types of conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, I actually have a marginal addiction right now to podcast interviews. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because I get to ask all the other questions of people, of really people that I really enjoy talking to, but yeah. I get to ask the questions that I can't ask if I'm just like hanging out with some with some other mums or something. I can't go, yeah. you know, so why did you do that? And what did you do? And right. how did you do that? And what was good exactly. about living there? And what was bad? Because yeah. I think I'm complete lunatic. <laughs> but I'm like, well, or we could talk about the super, superficial stuff up to yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, but this is, I mean, I love these conversations Yeah, because you get to know people more. I, I mean, I love this whole concept of relationships. Like, what are they? What, you know, what makes people tick? Like, yes. what are conversations are about? I love all of that. So mm. I find that fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And also about how much you've got in common. Yes, exactly. And sometimes you don't realize that. Like, we yeah. didn't know that. You know, when no, I reached I out to you, I had no idea. I just yes. saw that you did. I was like, okay, let me reach out to her. And then we started to, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic. And just this morning I was checking because I just started this new Facebook group to go with this podcast, the Magical yes. Life Facebook group, shameless plug. Um, Yay! Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so the women that are in there, and it's so funny, I realized that there's a lady that I've been watching our sons play football, soccer together, and we actually went to the same college in England. Really? How ridiculous is that? And then there's some other women who've connected. And one of them is a girl I went to school with. And one of them is a lady I've connected online with in Australia. And same thing, they follow the same horse practices. So now they've connected. And wow. just, I feel such gratitude and such honor wow. to be connecting these people with like-minded people. Wow. So does your son still play football? Yes, he's actually in England now because he's following his professional path. Nice. Oh my yeah. goodness. Nice. But what's his team? What does he, which team does he follow professionally? Oh, Leicester. Oh, okay. And okay. in fact, I'm when a- we were in England, we got to go to a Leicester game. Nice. Which was my first football game. So there we go at 15, more firsts, my nice. first football game. And funnily enough, as we walked into the stadium, the energy was so much. Oh, and my his goodness. energy was so much. Oh, wow. That I was just standing there with tears streaming yeah, down my yeah, face. I believe that. Because it was just so exciting. It's so exciting. Listen, it's so exciting to watch because I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. 
Oh. My husband's a <laughs> Liverpool fan. Okay. And yeah. then my other son is a Chelsea fan and my other son is Arsenal. So we have Arsenal, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool in our household. But we love football. We love, love, love football. I mean, it's just, so the energy you're talking about, I yeah. get it. We actually went to the World Cup in Brazil to watch Nigeria play. <gasps> wow. Listen, talk about energy. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, soccer, I really believe, I actually wrote an article about this that they actually published. I really think like, Games like that bring the world together. It's like we were hanging out and having fun with everyone. It didn't mm. matter which team you supported. We all were having fun. It was, mm. I mean, it was something else. Yeah, so Absolutely. So if there are those sorts of things, female soccer, female football is becoming more and more and more mainstream. Yes. However, mm. it's always, yes. unfortunately at the moment, looking like it's playing second fiddle to a man's yeah. game. Correct. And so that means that the connections and the camaraderie have been set up in a patriarchal society. True, true. And so therefore, how are we then going to bring that in such a positive, powerful way in a more feminine environment? And I believe that building communication and connections is the way that we're going to do that. Yeah. Because it's still incredibly powerful. When you have a bunch of women who want to achieve something and want to connect. I'm telling you, it is. It is. It's like unbelievable because I have a group now. I have a group called Flourish (laughs) and it's an online community for women 50 and over. And it's amazing what these women are doing. I'm like, I'm watching them. I'm like, I'm in awe of the women Yeah. because I mean, women are creating businesses. I mean, they're going, I mean, they're just, you're right. When women support one another, it's amazing what we can do yeah it really is and I just think we need to have more communities like that yes and helping more women because some women are kind of like they're not sure but just raise, you know like we need to raise each other up yeah and just lift each other up and do this work but it's 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 very powerful I really believe that if more women do this we can really change the world we really can that's certainly one of the energies that I'm really stepping into now yeah And I was very fortunate a couple of years ago to be in a mastermind and it was all about financials and investing. Yes. And it was 12 women and it wasn't exclusively for women. It was just the the way it went. And we traveled around the world. Oh, nice. Working with a lady called Anne Wilson, who's the wealth chef. Very good book. Very, very good financial book. Nice. Um, And she supports, she's actually from South Africa and she supports local communities also with the proceeds of her book. Wow. But more than anything, she runs these events and the women that she attracts to these events, to me, were such an empowered group of women. Yeah. Because as my current mentor, Kathy Hiller, says, women with checkbooks will change the world in a very different way. Oh, yeah. Of course. yeah. In very different ways, for sure. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the energies that I'm really trying to grow in my life Mm. but also to grow in the communities that I hang out with that we really support each other yeah oh yeah for sure oh yeah you know why would we not be sitting like you know why am I not sitting watching my daughter's riding lesson or gymnastics or whatever um yeah discussing like stock options or trading why not exactly why not why are we not discussing that or even you know menopause things rather than discussing the weather exactly yeah or shopping there are, we need to have more meaningful conversations. And I think also too, most importantly, we need to do this for our children, for the younger girls. Oh, absolutely. So that they can see an example of what's possible. Like 
like we're changing the way they're watching us. Like, really? These women are in their 60s and 70s? Look at what they're doing. Yes. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah. There is a particular friend of mine, and it's so funny because she's a really, really keen investor. Uh huh. And so we would go out for ice cream with our daughters. Our daughters were yes. friends over school together for a time. And we would sit and we'd be talking property investing. And of course, yeah. these two girls at the time were like, you know, 11, and they're both rolling their eyes going, oh, were we talking investing again? <laughs> like, and exactly. it's really good that you're listening in because you don't That's know it. how unusual this is. Yeah. So and you're having that conversation. Like, that is amazing. They just don't know it. That's amazing. I mean, we play this game and it's through the Millionaire Mind book, which is um, T. Harvecker. Yeah. Book. And so there's a board game called Cash Flow. Yeah. And my daughter, when we play, wins frequently. Wow. That absolutely wipes But see the what you're hurts. exposing her to. I mean, that's amazing. That's what we need to do. We need to have more situations like that where our kids experience situations like that, that they wouldn't ordinarily experience. Mm. And the thing I love about it is unless we are doing it, how can we possibly do that? Yeah. Yeah. True. We have That's to it. be walking that walk. We can't be telling our kids to be brave and follow their dreams if we're hiding, going, oh, no, I'm too old. Yeah, I know. It, exactly. And I keep telling women, listen, no one is coming to save you. You need to save I yourself. <laughs> yeah. One of Ann Wilson's things in her book, The Well Chef, she's definitely like, there is nobody coming to save you. <laughs> you better get on that white horse and you That's better it. get out there. <laughs> get out there for yourself. That's it. I always tell yeah. my women, no one's coming to save you. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So um, how can people find you if they want to work yes. with you? Yeah. How so, can they get you your can, book? so my book is on Amazon, Target Online, on Barnes and Noble, all online. So you can get it there. Um, cool. And to find me, if you want to work with me and you want to know more of what I do, you can go to kwavi.com. It's spelled K-W-A-V as in Victor I.com. I'm also on Instagram, at Kwavi, K-W-A-V as in Victor, I underscore TV. I'm also on TikTok and I'm on YouTube at Kwavi TV. So yes, those are the various <laughs> ways in which you can find me online. Fantastic. So we can also look yes. out and find out what dress you eventually chose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is a super fun conversation to have. Yes, and yes, at the same yes. Time, I, I think it's be important, watching, especially at this age. Stuff too, you know, don't you? Listen, ladies, if you're listening, yeah. regardless of what you've done in the past, you can start now to start to live a healthier lifestyle. Your body, your future body needs, needs you to do the work now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah. They say starting 10 years ago was the best decision. But if you haven't done that, it's the next today. best one. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Fantastic. Yay. Okay. So super, super cool. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted Thank that we're you. connected again. It's absolute honor to chat with you. And as I say, I just, actually, not, I might need to just take a screenshot of how glamorous you're looking. Because right, there we go. I'm going to post that as your, uh, <laughs> as your podcasting. Because I'm like, how does she show up looking so glamorous? Okay. And I'm dressed up today. I've got jewelry on and everything. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, thank you so much, Kwabi. It's been awesome. I look forward to a staying yes, in touch. For sure. And please come over and join the Magical Midlife group yes. and join in the yes, conversation. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. Right. Go and enjoy your um, pageant yes. duties that you're doing later today. Not everybody can <laughs> say, I'm so busy. I've got to go do my pageant duties. <laughs> my first official one. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Enjoy Thanks. so much. And thank you again. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed the conversation, please come and leave a review. If you go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page, and then you'll find the ratings and review section. Please invite your friends to come and listen by sharing the link. And you can join the conversation and let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed and what topics you'd like discussed over at Facebook on the Magical Midlife group. You can also find me on Instagram at Lindsay DeSwart, where the conversation will also continue. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. And once again, keep living your magical midlife.